0: all right everyone welcome back this is bald bold and gold uh fifth episode of the season and unlike the first four you know we usually go around talk about all the games around the country and what the biggest stories are but it'd be remiss of us to really do that because the biggest story this week in the country happened in south bend um you know we'll get into the details you know what we did well what we went wrong but i i think it might be best to just you know talk about the sentiment among ourselves, among the program, how we feel, you know, when you go up against a team like that, a team that's been, you know, kind of the face of the Midwest college football team, we've essentially been aspiring to be a team that, you know, we dominated and, you know, how it feels, you know, lose a game like that. And just for me, in that sense, it's like Luke Skywalker weaving through, you know, kind of the pits of the Death Star To get to the end you know to the core and missing the shot it's you know just going to the feeling you know you think of the worst sounds in the world it's thinking nails on a chalkboard crying baby on the plane what's going to stick with me for who knows how long is the sound from being on the other side of the stadium and I'm convinced now this is the worst sound in all of sports is feeling your heart in your stomach as you see the contingent of other fans going insane and a bunch of dudes scarlet and gray running onto the field as the clock essentially winds out for all intents and purposes. I mean, it's crushing. It's college football though. That's why we love it. Hope to be on that side of things one day. It's, you know, we've been on the wrong side too many times. I'll leave it there, pass it off to you guys because we have a lot to talk about.
1: I think that was the, the I don't want to be dramatic or anything here, but like just with, with, the, with the way that that ended, I think that was the first time that I had shed a tear in Notre Dame Stadium since senior day, since our senior day. like. And those were happy tips. Those were sad. Sad it was over happy because it happened. This was, I, this is crushing, man. I, I think I said to D before we started recording, like, this is going to take a while to fix itself. I don't think that I'll be really, really ready to move on until we snap the football at seven thirty-five this weekend against Duke. But, uh, to actually be over, over this one, is going
2: to, it's going to take quite a while.
3: Yeah. The, uh, it was always like the snap reaction after a loss like that where you yeah. think just the deepest thoughts, deepest, darkest <laughs> thoughts can't go any lower. But like you wake up and you kind of come back to earth, but haven't come back to earth on this one. Like those thoughts stay. Um I, I like I went from like almost the happiest I've ever been when we stopped on fourth and one for Notre Dame football to the lowest I've for sure the lowest I've ever been. Um, before that play, the fourth and one play, I turned to Madeline, who I was sitting with, and said, like, if we stop him right here, we'll be talking about this play, and we'll be watching this play in the living room for years to come. And we did it, and then we blew it from there. Um, I thought I was at a point in my life where I could kind of compartmentalize and move on. Um, It's affecting affecting me so much more than I ever thought it would affect me. Um, If you look at me wrong at work, (laughs) I'll have a word on our word.
1: Yeah, I'm on. I'm in a similar position. I think work has been okay because I haven't gone to the office. God bless you if you have. But um, yeah, this has been tough. I I guess for me, I have a question for you guys. Is and I I have an answer to this, but why does we've had some tough losses? Why does this one feel different? Right, like
3: because we deserved it.
1: Right, and and that's where I'm getting at. Like this game. We get the stop on, not only do we get the stop on fourth and one. Like it's like that. I was like, wow, we can win this, right? Like we're getting the ball back. We're up four with four minutes. if so we can win this. And then we pick up two first downs. And I'm saying, we're going to win this. We're down to two and a half minutes left. Oh, about oh 234, the fans, 235, The state
3: fans left. The Ohio state fans around me left. They shook my head and they said, we'll see you in the playoff. And they left. Yep. Yeah, it's like we pick up two first downs and, and this game's on ice.
0: Yep. it's Do
3: we do a lot of things? That's why it hurts. So many – you can point to so many things, which I'm sure we will. Sorry, D. But so many different points we won it, and then we didn't.
0: Yeah. It's – the highs of that game made the low so much worse. You know, you think you had them. It was multiple fourth down stops, guys standing on their head, Ben Morrison shutting down Marvin Harrison, the freshman receivers making plays, running the – we haven't – This, like, you know, you talk about, you know, Georgia, both of those losses were heartbreaking, but not near, like one score games came down in the final possessions. This wasn't even close that we looked like we belong, like both those games, they were the better team than us. And it was pretty damn obvious. And we just hung in there long enough to make the score close. We were the better team. And then the second half, we dominated them. They had one big play and they couldn't do anything until there was a minute 20 on the clock.
3: I mean, there's a lot of reasons. This hurts, but like it's tough not to say that in that game and in this season that we wasted Sam Hartman. Um, we didn't let him be Sam Hartman as much as we have in other games, and there's a chance that you know this derails the season a little bit. We'll see, we'll talk about it. Um, that, that was one of the darker thoughts that I've been having, um, and haven't been able to get over yet.
0: Yeah, you know we learned a lot about you know what type of leadership we have not only in the locker room on the players on the coaching staff you know they they feel worse than we did they put yeah. their hearts and bodies on them on the line you know they knew that they should have won the game and you know it's on the coaches you know there's probably a player or two that you know falls on there's multiple plays all throughout the game where a player or two could have gone our way and then the script flips and it's over you, know, you can point to you know i was walking into my room to record that there's at least seven or eight but you know that's football ohio state would love to probably have seven or eight plays back yeah. too they probably wouldn't give the ball in a jet sweep on fourth and one yeah and you know then we're talking about you know if we execute at the end we're talking about ryan day as the scapegoat and he's truly on the hot seat It's you learn about you know being able to compartmentalize 24 hour rule and you know overcoming as you know kind of pete samson says the human nature rule but you know we'll get there because there are you know, as much as it pains me to say it, there's a lot that this team showed that's you know, really good to build off of. Yeah, you know, like I said, I it's a, the first time we've belonged.
1: Yeah, I, I have a question for you guys, and and I think it's going to get back to that point. Of like, hey, our you know, it feels like we're we're blowing a year with with the best quarterback we've had in a very very long time. And, you know, they don't come around very often. But in your guys' is in your guys' estimation. Like I, I didn't have a huge problem with with letting the running game dominate. I, I didn't yeah. at all. I actually didn't think that Hartman played a great, played like an unbelievable game. Like I don't think he was the hot hand. I don't know if you sure. guys feel different, but to me, there was the ball down the sideline that to Rico Flores that did not get the pi. We got a pi later with Merriweather on a similar play. Yeah. But like, fr- the fact of the matter is, is that ball to Rico was. Was pretty underthrown by about yep. five or six by, by five or six yards. And it should have been PI anyways. The guy grabbed him, like whatever. But that was a bad PI. The screen pass. I hate the call. It was
3: open, it was open though. It I was hate there. the call.
1: It was there. He also did the same thing earlier in the game on a short swing pass that Sawyer almost picked.
3: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: I think that's Kids and Jackson it was at the other defensive end. It's JT and then, yeah. Yep. Yeah, like I didn't and there was there was other spots two where like balls if deep if Ohio State's in the right spot probably picked. I don't want to it's this is not a Bash Sham Hartman podcast my question was just more like you know I I don't I think he's the better quarterback in that game but I I thought honestly I thought McCord looked a little bit better
3: yeah McCord McCord made a big place when they needed him to um I hear what you're saying Slev I hear what you're saying um I think part of the run game works because you have to respect Sam Hartman. You know, it's yes, a little bit of both.
2: They complement uh, each other, and that's, been, and that's yeah. why we've been successful.
3: I, I, I hear you saying. I want to like ask him the question. So, Dono, you go mm-hmm. um, in response to that to Slubs.
0: Um, look, yeah, I mean. You know, you look at Sam Hartman, like, I don't disagree with the game plan at all. Like, they compliment each other, and he did make plays. I'm thinking of the throw over the middle for about 25 The Mitchell Evans, floated over the great. Beautiful ball. Once again, no turnovers, which is critically mm. important in a close game like this. Sure, there were some throws, but at the end of the day, no turnovers is no turnovers. Then there's, you know, not trying to get it up the middle on a fourth and one and trusting, yeah. you know, the heart and soul of this program in the offensive line. There is... You know it's yeah. you know no one wants to take a linebacker head- on but on the first drive that fourth down where he went around the edge and leaves the ball in his back arm and we're short because of that on what was you know who knows was schrader surely to be a scoring drive can, uh, can I say can I say something
1: can i say something inflammatory that might be inflammatory on that uh, for that play specifically
0: mm-hmm.
2: I've, I've,
1: I've 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 seen Ian buck pick that up on the ground yep, you. against USC USC. twenty.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Against I, I I I will take Sam Hartman one hundred times out of a hundred, but not picking up that first down is inexcusable. And he was asked about it in the post-game press conference, and I know emotions are raw, and he gave a sarcastic answer. And I thought the sarcastic answer what did was, he say? He was uh said something along the lines of like basically, basically just like tripped the reporter back of like, yeah, maybe you could tell me what I could have done differently. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I don't, I don't. That was my f- the first time since December. I was like, I didn't love that. That didn't, yeah. that didn't feel great.
3: All uh, right. Um, my question to you guys is kind of about the game plan. It's about some of the fourth and one calls. But there's two sides of the coin here where it's like the receipt. Young receivers stepped up. Mitchell Evans played well. We've had so much success with Estime throwing a Tyree. Throwing a Jaden Thomas and those three guys, kind of in big moments, we didn't go to them. We tried to be a little too cute at some points, I thought.
0: So yeah, we blanked. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, like, guys, you we're, go first. Yeah. You, you look at, you know, you you have not one in the other, like, Audrey Gasme is the automatic, you know, number one thought here on these short downs because he's 235 pounds and built like a bulldozer. Um, But you also have DeBron Payne who has shown a nose for the first down line. And in those crucial moments, you know, you don't run your bread and butter. Like, are you scared? Like, you know, we talk about how we're meant for these big stages. And if you don't think you guys guys can win those one-on-one matchups, you have to get cute, play action where, you know, every receiver down the field is covered. You know, in in this situation, you know, I I know those plays happened a little earlier on in the game, but, you know, it it came down to a situation where our guns were big enough, our guns were good enough, and we didn't trust them.
3: Yeah, we can't have zero points at halftime either.
1: No, yep. um, I will say I thought that Parker actually called a pretty good game overall. I thought he schemed a lot of the younger guys open early. There was a lot of plays like Mitchell Evans was. On, I have like a, on, on the sheet. I have the good, the bad, the ugly, and and Mitchell Evans was part of the good. He was he was awesome, and he made some really he made some acrobatic catches. Both tight ends showed out, um, but there was also plays where Parker schemed him open. It was it was a very easy easy throw, and we did the same thing with Rico, um, and we did the same thing with Jaden Greathouse. Like there, I thought that the game plan was pretty good. I will never get an answer to this. I'm very curious about what happened on this on the sneak on fourth and one. If that was a Hartman decision to try to get cute hold. Or you know, or if that if that was the intended play call, like hey, we actually want you to try to take this to the C gap. Mind-boggling to me, regardless. Um, I think what what yeah, I just that one that one was that one was quite confusing as well. But I do think Parker called a fairly good game overall. I have I have a huge issue with how the fourth play fourth down plays the two fourth down plays were called and the screen. But mm-hmm. other than that, yeah, I, I I didn't have a huge issue with, with the way things Link went. I think the fourth down snaps.
3: plays fourth down plays look a lot worse if they don't call a jet sweep on fourth down too. Like if, Oh absolutely
1: I like got out kind of, you got outdumbed by Ryan Day.
3: Yeah. Uh all oh, UD. I'm I'm
0: yeah, no I I mean I, I just want to flip it over to the other side of the ball and you know it's kind of a similar theme. Al Golden called a hell of a game. You know, we miss a tackle on a guy who's probably a top three running back in the country, and he goes 60 yards. That's whatever. You know, it happens when you play teams like this. Like, Georgia, you watch any of the college football playoff games, any of the SEC championships, every team that's elite gets big plays. Like, Mm -hmm. to hold them to just one and to really hold them to ten points for the most of the game for – 59 minutes and 57 seconds is, you know, like we talked about our coordinators coming in this game, going into much more experienced guys, at least on defensive side. And I thought Al Golden did a spectacular job. And, you know, the secondary did unreal. Ben Morrison's a first round pick. If Not NFL good. is such things, he's a lottery pick. because he's going first half of the first round shutting down who many say is the most talented player in all of college football, three receptions, like, elite and you know if there's one thing to get back it's a pass rush but we knew that you know we he, he schemed around that was able to get enough pressure to make you know maybe not get him to the ground but make him feel uncomfortable and then we blinked third and yeah, nineteen, uh, you blink
3: yeah so we did i think an intentional grounding should count as a sack in a big moment and we did get home there
1: mm-hmm.
3: and then we blinked we called it off did you guys see what golden said about it no, he basically said we had gone pressure the f- fourth down before that, the third down before that, and they picked up both. And then he, the last thing he said was what I didn't want was a 50, 50 ball with Marvin Harrison in the corner, which I think is fair. I think is fair. Um and, But McCord made a great play. Like McCord was comfortable and took his eyes off Marvin Harrison and, and found the curl. So I get the, I kind of get the explanation for it. It's a bummer that we blinked, though.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I thought the defensive line actually played pretty well um, overall. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, Ian, if you count the grounding, that's two sacks. That's that's a good that's a good day. Um, the big to, to me, where I thought the reason that I would have I wouldn't have dropped eight, I would have sent more than just three, is it just inherently speeds up McCord's clock a bit. And I had, and I actually I think it's a fair, very fair explanation from Golden regarding yeah. what would have happened. You know, with the previous two sets of downs. But for me, speeding up McCord's clock is more important, especially with the way. Because I thought the secondary was unbelievable, like all day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a. We can get to DJ Brown, and I think like Thomas Harper didn't play his best game, but Thomas Harper playing his B game is usually like our best option in corner. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. prior to Cam Hart, then. You know, outside of Camar, Julian Love, Ben Morse, like some of those elite guys. Usually, that's that's our number one, right? So I had no problem uh, with Harper. I just I thought you could have taken him. You, you took him. You really took him all day on the back end with with seven, dropping six, dropping seven. I would have liked to sped up McCord a bit, a bit there, especially with especially on on a long. It wasn't. It wasn't third and six. Third and double sticks to get to get to pick up that first down.
0: So Yep. You tackle them in bounds, clock runs, they can't spike it like they yeah. did right before the goal line.
1: Right, exactly. That's another thing, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. It's it fourth down. Yeah. Even if you keep them at the six, they're running to just get another playoff. Yeah. And yeah. all right. And we haven't even gotten to the ugly parts yet. I'm gonna start with D.J. Brown, that's that's you know, you put yourselves in the Notre Dame, you know, and that's, it's the stuff of legends. We talk about D.J. Brown's pick at the end of the game for the made
3: Such a good play on it. He made such a great play on it. Until yeah. he
1: did. The, the all the all twenty two view or, the, or that the end zone view on that play is, and I was actually sitting down in the south end zone, and you can like watch it unfold that he like he he's breaking on this ball, him. and. You, I'm sure his eyes lit up the same way my eyes lit up. I would hope that they lit up that way. Um, that's a, that's a tough drop. And there's like a joke in there about that's why he plays defensive back and not receiver. But like,
3: yeah, he also missed not, the tackle. He missed the tackle on Henderson.
1: Yeah, not really. Yeah. not really excusable. When, yeah, I, I really appreciate all his effort. I think he, you know, he's put a ton of time into the program. But
0: mm-hmm. he's here a all while. You need dudes. Why you need dudes? Like he's smart enough to make that play, but like, sometimes talent just wins out, you know. And then moving on to ten men, you know, it's not the reason we lost. But when the ball crosses the plane of the end zone by three inches up the gap where you don't have a defensive lineman and that's supposed to be a guy who's 295 pounds taking up a block if they don't get that push we came around the edge and took out his legs and that's game over yeah that,
2: that, that, that's
1: that that's that's been a really tough pillow swallow it's not that we reason stopped them in that beat.
0: situation many times before the game it's not the reason we lost because you yeah. let them get to the one yard line and let them you know gain six inches it's Literally, just like it's inexcusable from the guys in the box, from the guys on the field coming out of a timeout. And it
3: it looked, there's a clip where you could see Freeman right before the snap where he takes his headset off. Believe him when he said they realized it. He 100% made the wrong decision. Two plays in a row coming out of a timeout. So, so inexcusable and just undescribable. How does that happen? How can that ever happen? Do we not know as soon as we say this package that these guys are coming out? Like I just don't yeah, understand it.
0: We lined up in nickel.
3: Yeah, well, I want to come back to I want to come back to lining up in nickel, which I didn't love. I,
1: that, I
0: forget what their formation was because I can't watch that play again. Um, was, I just refuse to. So it's just
1: It's not something that I would have said required nickel because you don't need help over the top. But people, you're either there or you're not, right? But as far as like the ten the the ten guys in the field, it's. I just cannot the, the the probability of every fail safe that you have in place failing from a from a personnel and and, and quality control standpoint is is mind boggling. It, it yeah. th- that's the other piece. Like there is, you could feel bad. You feel bad for Notre Dame a little bit if they got beat on like a lot of lucky plays. They did have a lucky play, like that Stover catch over the middle, the helmet grab on. Yeah, it was a lucky they- play, but. Man, the improbability of each of every single one of the fail safes that exist to fail at once, twice it's, in a row, twice in, twice the, in 60 seconds is,
0: the uh, improbability is something I will get over. The
2: improbability
0: is like with two minutes and 34 seconds left, they needed every single play to either go right or just not go hor- horribly wrong. And we just needed to have one positive play, they or, intentional or, or grounding, but like... They, we just needed one more of the maybe eight or nine plays that went their way. A better punt. A better, you know, something. You know, pushing back ten more yards. It's one of those eight plays flips the other way. And we're talking about us as a national title con- contender. It hurts. Which it I hurts believe so this team much. is... Still good they, enough to be in. They
3: are, and we're the better team. We're a top five team in the country, hundred percent. We are, and the players deserve that. And I sent this to you guys a little bit, and I kind of have it back down on this, but like, if you're, if you're one of those guys that put everything you got on the line out there, which I believe we had 45 guys that did that. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you look your coaches in the eyes? Like, you're just like, you guys let us down Parker. Like the coaching is what lost us that game yeah like i, I texted I, this
1: to you guys i, I don't mean you cut you off yet, i'm sorry it was just no it, like, that's all i got the i thought the kids the kids were incredible like like the yeah. the, the athletes on the field were incredible it, this is this feels like a situation and i haven't been into that too many of these in my life this feels like a situation where the adults in the room let the kids down a bit mm-hmm. right there is and also I want to come back to this about regarding Parker and the play calling, just speaking of the adults, fell in the kids in the room. Again, I thought he called a really good game, but it, it, there's, there's a major, major irony in the fact that he was asked earlier in the week, he was asked on Wednesday, his Wednesday or Thursday presser about play calling and getting too basically getting too cute. And he said something along the lines of like the worst feeling you'll ever have is walking off the field. Thinking that if we had just stuck to base, we would have won. Again. And this is, and it, it, it's incredible that he said that on Wednesday and Thursday. And and for us, we moved away from base in some of the biggest plays of the game. Whether
3: it was the Hartman, the, the, the two backfields. No, I watched. This is the play. So that's what I liked. It two just the, two to back call the screen. Dude, yeah, they, the and Coogan, and it wasn't even a hit give up. Like Hartman was keeping that, wasn't he?
1: No so I I've watched this play I've watched two, this, play, yeah, I've watched this cool. play and I've watched the play that the reason the reason we ran it was because a Love hit it for 11 yards earlier in the game Love hit it for 11 I made a note Love hit it for 11 yards it at the towards the end of the first quarter right and it was it was a beautifully designed play the, the problem the, the thing that happened there was Rock it was ran to the left instead instead of the right. So Rocco mm-hmm. had pulled around. Loc- Rocco was the original or was the was the lead blocker, and he was able to kick out JT. Uh, this time we flipped it. Co- uh, Coogan was the guy to pull, and he was not fast enough. And JT kind of blew it up. The the play works. I still believe the play works or gets forward momentum if Hartman hands the ball off. And this is another one where. Well, I don't think we'll ever know the truth, but I I think Hartman flinched. I think mm-hmm. Hartman did not trust giving it to the freshman back in that spot, and he kept it because I think there was an amity to hand it off, but he kept it. He thought J T. was too deep, and he takes the, and he takes that sack or, or loss. And I don't, I'm not gonna get on Hartman for that because you know it's it's a split second decision. Uh, but bottom line is like Kuga needs Cougar needs to get over there. He was moving slower than shit, and yeah. and that negative play is what leads to. A you need, you feel like
3: you need a ch- you feel like you need a chunk play, so you you call that screen. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and so that screen obviously I, I have a I have a it it, it would have worked with better execution in the pass. I still have a huge problem with it, just on the principle that it left the timeout on the like left the timeout for yeah. for Ohio State. But then there was also the plays earlier, the the two fourth down plays, like we said earlier. The sneak, which again we'll never we'll never know, but if that sneak is not intended to run through the a gap, if that sneak was called to run through the c gap, jail mm-hmm. time. And then I also didn't love the other like the fourth down that Hartman did not pick up with his legs was a play action where they only sent two, sent the two tight ends out, both were double covered, and he had to, he had to, like Hartman had to take off. That was a play he he had to improvise. Like I just it, it's never really going to make sense you, to me. When you have when you have Estame in the backfield and Payne and who's who's like D, you said earlier, like Payne knows exactly where the sticks are. It's pretty impressive, uh, mm-hmm. and he fights to get to the sticks every time. I like I like him a lot. I think he's a great third down back. A good change of pace back, but
0: damn, yeah. those three and, those it, three plays
1: will never those three plays will haunt me for a while.
0: And and you talked. I want to hit on just another bright spot here. Is the offensive line? We were a bit worried. They stood on their fucking heads for most of the game. Under seventy six rushing yards against that front, who's got multiple multiple draft picks? JT and Sawyer are both probably first second rounders. Eichenberg's mm-hmm. going to go day one or day two. They Definitely. probably have multiple guys other than that that will be drafted and longtime NFL starters. We bullied them off the ball. We gave Hartman time. You know that's why I felt so confident. You know we were able to run our offense how we wanted to run it Car- in the middle of the game.
1: Carrell, is and Alt were on. Is that guy Tony Simiani? Or yeah. He does that. He does a new show like during the week where he like he's interviewing Freeman every week and then he brings on players and then he brings on a different guest, right? And it's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's kinda if you're looking for more N D content, it's worth mm-hmm. a to watch. But anyways, they had Carell and Alt and and Carell and Alt both talked on on that show today, or yeah, I guess it was yesterday, saying that they felt like they were breaking Ohio State, right? Like the first half was tough, right? There was you, you know, it was more, it was more two, three yards, you know, yard runs. By the time the second half rolled around, it was a lot of five, six, 7, 10, 11 yard plays. Like we had, we had broken them on the, in the front seven. So, yeah, still, still makes it just a bit more
3: tough to swallow. Did we have any signs that the operation wasn't clean for Schrader?
1: I I have not. I rewatched the field goal.
0: I don't think I, I watched it. I watched it. The one he missed was just like a dead pull hook. It, it was in the. He lined up in the middle of the field. It it wasn't like he had to push it or anything like that or try to hook it. It was a dead straight forty seven forty eight yarder that he just absolutely. He, he, he wasn't hit. close. Yeah. Um, I was in probably the worst spot on the entire field to watch it. I actually thought it was good to my eyes because I was literally probably the furthest person in the stadium from that kick. I think you were. But, <laughs> um, just seeing, and you know, it goes back to like the worst fan reactions. I knew it was gone while all the Ohio State fans started cheering. Yeah, it's
1: that was. I, I was. I was in, again. I was in that end zone. I was Actually, I was in the end zone for that end zone for a lot of action down there. It. I, I tried to send you guys a screenshot yesterday, but Peacock wouldn't let me screenshot. Just gave a black picture. But he he barely clipped the end of the net. Ugh.
3: The
1: end God. of the netting. It, it's it's frustrating, man. And and I'm, you know I was listening to to Priester and O'Malley with Irish Illustrated and and Sampson and, and Freeman and uh, Matt Freeman or is it, no, I'm sorry, uh, Matt Fortuna, and and they were all saying like you got to cut the kids some slack because he hasn't been kicking field goals consistently with Notre Dame yet. Right. Like that's, we're scoring on, on a lot of drives and that's, and that's, that's fine. But I don't, I don't really feel like cutting him any, any sort of that, slack.
0: That's game I mean, five. If your operation needs slack by game five, it's not a good operation.
1: Right. Yeah. What is it? It's like, obviously he's at practice and stuff. And, and, and the, the, the facility looks different, the practice really looks different than the field, but like the, there wasn't, there wasn't, there wasn't wind on nope. Saturday. No, it was, I mean, it was really calm. It was like perfect football conditions, right? Uh, it's, man, he's three for seven on the season, and I know he's kicked some long field goals, but for somebody who like it, it, it really makes me appreciate what what Kyle Brinza and Justin Yoon were for, for a very long time.
0: And yeah. Blake Ruby. Yeah. They didn't have, Ruby. you know, 59-yard legs, but you could count on them from 47. You know, it's uh, – all right. I I I think, you know, that was cathartic for me. I'm still ready to listen if you guys have more to say. Um, uh, but I, I eventually, do. we will have to, yeah, keep going. I'll chime in again too because
3: um, I'm still hurt. I we just have we have to discuss the Freeman of it all. Um, yep. the, we talked about coaching a little bit, but Freeman comes down to him, him saying no, we don't want to give them another chance to reset. So he didn't take a penalty. That ultimately meant a lot. Um, pretty clear that he didn't understand that they subbed as well afterwards, and that we can go on without a penalty. Um, I, he got us in a position to win that game. We had the horses to win that game. Like we are heading in the right direction. The trade off you take by hiring Marcus Freeman is he has no experience in those types of situations. Now he does. But it's a it's a tough learning experience. Uh I know I'm gonna I'm
1: gonna staunchly disagree with anybody who's like calling for his head. Yeah. I I know Ian, you and I were joking with Sean. Like yeah. We're not joking at the moment. We're probably all very serious because we're walking out of the stadium, but like talking about the, the 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 two like not having enough guys in the field whose responsibility it was should be fired. Like not okay by any means. Nope. But I also this is this is going to be part of like growing up with this staff, mm-hmm. I think. And yes, this is extremely painful, and I hate the way this happened, and it's absolutely inexcusable. But like you said, like to, to you're still moving, um, yeah, still moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Ten thousand foot view. If you look yeah, at where we were fifteen exactly. game games ago when we played these guys versus where we are now. that's one of the programs who are at the level we aspire to be at. And we were above that level on Saturday. And it wasn't particularly that close. I think it was, you know, there was no fluke plays. We just, like, I don't know.
2: I think
3: he had the right take where we're saying this. Like, he's like, it hurts because we didn't play our best. And neither did they. We can talk about how like Ohio State will fare down the line, but like our this this team is really damn good, really damn good, and that so is like that, that is because of Marcus Freeman. But God, that like they have to they have to eat that one. Like they're gonna have to live with that one. They're yeah. gonna coach. He's gonna coach a lot of games in his career, but like it's this one's gonna stick
0: with him. So by one metric, which is essentially, it's you know one of those analytical things: six point expected points added per play.
2: Yeah.
0: Like overall, if you combine offense and defense, we are the number one team in the country as it stands.
1: Yeah, that was when we, I said. I think I sent you guys the net EPA mm-hmm. graph. That uh, game, all yeah.
3: that just like I, I, I'm sick talking about it. Still, I can't. We were like all those stats just just cut.
1: We were 13 percentage points better on net EPA than Ohio State was, which is not not insignificant when you go from fifty you know when it's fifty fifty all of a sudden uh 63, 37 right like that that's a it's not a not not a nothing gap um I think the other one that I saw today just because uh, I'm behaving like a masochist this week estimates eleven yard run with four twenty three left Notre Dame had a ninety one percent chance of winning the football game
0: what, was it even higher? Didn't wasn't Flores the next play?
1: No, it was Flores that estimate.
0: Flores that estimate.
1: Still,
0: Rico Flores looks really good. He
3: does.
1: So, uh, yeah, be- I want to end on a high note because I think this team, like the, the guy, the guys in this team, like deserve a high note for us.
3: Even if I have a, to one do more, but notes. I have,
1: I have, I have one or two more on high notes. So, Ian, why don't
3: you go first? So, I think we have to have a conversation about. The environment on Saturday, we were all there. Mm-mm. Um, what I will say about it is it was the best that Notre Dame Stadium can possibly get right now. Like, the fans were so good, so yeah. incredible. Um, I don't know if anybody sat down the whole game around me other than halftime. Uh, everybody was fantastic. Our game presentation still lacks so much, like, people were getting hyped for the moment, despite. What Notre Dame Stadium was trying to do to get them hyped up, they just have <laughs> yeah. no idea. We talked, I, I was joking about this, but I wasn't really joking. To take us into the fourth quarter, we gave the mic to a damn toddler, to a 10 year old that was like, Here we go, Irish, good kid, not ready for the moment. Like, that's where, like, the fans were ready to blow going into the fourth quarter, and we're like going to the mic and like kind of interviewing some people, and then we're playing the music way too, way too quiet. If you're at a yep. football game, assumed risk bring earplugs pump that shit up
0: yeah i hope that kid's dad donated a lot of money to our nil fund yeah um
1: that's the only excuse for that um, yeah. i mean you know you're completely you know what also like i love being i love being in the student section with our friends and i'll always say our student sections are the best because i was with because i was with i think the people that i consider the best mm-hmm. that student section was fucking live on Saturday. Yeah. Night. It was going. They 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 were up and they were in there early. Like I, I don't like, know. I don't know if I if I ever got in I, I always like to get the anthem and, and, and the flyover. I don't know if I was ever in there that early. They were they were wow. in they were in early and they were loud the whole day. And I'm sure we don't have any students that probably listen to this regularly, but if you do shout out to you guys because I thought you guys fucking bought it on Saturday night. Every time there's there was moments where I would just like I would quiet myself down just like kind of take it in try to let it breathe a bit for myself and every time it was like the student sections going nuts but i also agree like music choice also i didn't love wow.
3: we don't need those damn six flat songs every third down
0: no get, I, we gotta find get a new some third money down bag song. yo get some yeah. money bag yo just some Anything. stuff that will fire the players up and the recruits they're not listening to like that stuff they're playing music for the dads and the kids there. that wasn't a dad and kid environment that was, for that was the- just fucking dudes
3: yeah, I, that was the biggest moment Notre Dame Stadium's had in such a long time, and the fans were so up for it. Everything else about the weekend, Notre Dame did an incredible job. They got all the absolutely. media there. They let everybody in, like,
0: like the game day McAfee show. Like we showed up. Yeah, like, I'd they seen those. And like, have that gone. was packed on the lawn. Like. Game day. Yeah. Game
1: day was crowded. Man, it was. There was 10, I, I walked by around ten thirty on Saturday morning, and it was after the cool. That's not a that's not a small amount of space mm-hmm. to fill. There was there was a lot of people there. I thought that the green bracelets were a good idea in theory. Right.
0: I was hoping they, I don't they, know they, what I was
1: looking for, but I was looking for more. Yeah. I, right.
0: so, I don't know what was look, either. Phone lights phone lights looked better. It's just brighter. Like the phone it, lights did you know, look it was better. cool. Like, you see the replays of it, like in looking from it from like a higher vantage point. Like it, it just doesn't pop. You know?
1: It doesn't it doesn't pop, but I will say I just wish like they would have coordinated it better. Maybe maybe like if there's more home run plays, it l- looks cooler. I will say I did think it did a decent job of keeping suppressing a bit of the red. Yeah. Right, like, like, which made it bigger. The green the green lights themselves did a good job of suppressing the red. I just thought that their usage and like what they were flashing was was a little odd. And, and again, I, I just some, some of the music choices are just – and maybe yeah, it's, it's me it's getting bad. old. I, I don't think it is, but it's, maybe it's me getting old. But I was just like, no. Wait, if yeah. I was on the field, it could like get
3: like, – 100%. Like, we yeah. were all at Georgia our senior year. When they mm. turned the lights off.
0: Oh, man. Like, it was incredible. I feel was, that place
3: rumble. I'm, was, on the, I'm an away team, and I'm going nuts for it. Like, it was awesome. Yeah. That it was, was, that awesome. was,
1: some, that was it, some real chills.
3: It does their game presentation team – like, are they on the market? Because we got to swoop them up. We got to do something different. Because there's the Josh Pay take where it's like we do such a good job of incorporating the new while keeping the tradition. Yeah. I still think we can do it better. Like we keep the tradition and then we too. kind of like 75 percent incorporate the new.
1: We did. We did the. We did the tradition perfectly. Like yeah. And 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 I think that's something we have down pat. There's nothing you need. To, you don't even need to take anything away from the transition tra- tradition. Mm-hmm. It's just getting the new stuff right. Um, yeah, I would that, that Georgia game. Man, I was like Michael Shrewsbury sure. did a good
3: job, I thought.
1: Yeah, yeah, Shrewsbury was okay. It was good to see the '88 team out there.
3: Um, but wh- I will
1: we, say, why we don't have the Stanford. Them every why are we playing
3: Nantai Teo, Stanford, before oh, fourth and one?
1: A highlight package would have been really, really good there. Oh my god. Yeah. Or
3: to start the fourth quarter,
1: like, that. man. Um, my my other negative before we finish off with some positives. Uh, well, that should get called out. I said this to you guys, and I don't know what my reaction is. I mean, is just, uh, D, maybe I'm looking for your help here as a former defender. But Leaf out, Leaf out played a lot of snaps, man. He played 61 snaps and had no tackles.
0: That's a whole lot of getting caught up in the wash, you know, maybe being in the right spot or like opening up a hole. But at some point, when you're that. Fast, that you know, sometimes that's the scheme, but it's not like you. You look at you know, you're not trying this. Like the way I would do it as a defensive coordinator, which you know I'm not. Alpha Golden has forgotten way more about football than I know. Is JD Bertrand is the bigger, more heady guy knows where to go. Like have him, you know, come you know, almost not like take up blockers, fill up holes, and maybe get off one. And let the athletes run around and make plays, but we either were using him wrong. Yeah, you know, I'd like that I'd like to see him as a then more in passing situations.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but they're like, if you look at the comparison for him versus Jack Kaiser this year, it's not even close. Jack, Jack oh. Kaiser has nose for the football, he's making fourth down stops. Dude has two picks of sixes in his career. Like, dude knows how to play football and is at like if not more athletic than Louis Fao. Like is is around, you know. It's is he ex as explosive as sudden? Probably not. But I, you, I think you know, I, that level of production is saddening.
1: Yeah, I I, I didn't. That was really that bothered me. When I heard that. I was like, that Kaiser, Kaiser just and, and and maybe maybe his efficiency goes down with playing more snaps. Right? There's probably always going to be a give and a take. But, but like the snaps that Kaiser gets, I feel like he often makes the most of, and I don't really find him to be terribly out of position or, you know, missing tackles and stuff like that. I think he's got a really good nose to the ball. I think him and JD, the good thing about JD is you'll never take him off the field because he's, he's another person at this point is like having another coach out there for the most yeah. part. Right. Like he's got to stay, but I hope, I hope the plan would be to get Ky's some more looks because to me that I can't happen, man. You're you're supposed he's supposed he's supposed to be the stud of the he's supposed to be the stud of the defense, Leafau, really. Like he's supposed to be the of your linebacker crew and he didn't he didn't find the sheet. Not only did he not find the sheet for a tackle, it wasn't like there was a pass like I'm looking for the for the pass the like, past breakups, nothing there either.
0: No stover's first reception. Euros. He just got shrugged off like he was yeah, you know, a little kid trying to tackle one of those mascots.
3: Yeah, a yeah. turnover would have been nice. Okay. Um,
1: anybody have anything else negative before we jump to the positives when we, we put this one to bed?
3: I'm going to – I got Bud Elliott locked and loaded after we're done here. So, just let Tom, you, we'll, you go ahead. We'll go,
1: to, we'll go to Elliott next. Good Good things, and I want everybody to walk away with this because this team's still got a lot of ball left. Like we said earlier, I thought the defense overall played a played an unbelievable game. Those that that receiver room goes four or five first round picks deep, not this year, but in future years. Like I, you know, if you if you told me that every single one of those guys is 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 a first or second round pick, um, including Carnell Tate at the bottom of it, like I'm not going to be surprised. So defense was outstanding, and the secondary played incredible. Um, Sands Sands the drop the dropped interceptions. Mitchell Evans was awesome. Happy for him for having a coming-out party as more than just a, inline uh, inline blocker. It was probably something, unfortunately, that Brock Wright never got to experience, although he's he shown that he could he probably could have done it. Um, so kudos to Mitchell Evans. I'm happy that he, he's there um, and I'm hoping him and Stays can play more off each other. Young receivers stepped up, like we said earlier. Flores and Great House were awesome. Young guys all over the field. So uh, Flores and Great House, yes, but also love in the backfield. And Burnham made a really nice play. Josh Burnham made a really nice stop Mm -hmm. on a short yardage situation where he came tearing down the line uh, and drug and dragged the running back down. So that was, that was also really cool to see. Um, We dominated time of possession, which is, it makes the loss hurt even more, but it's a good thing man. Like we played the game at our pace. We played the game on our terms. And that's, I think that's a, that's a good thing. I think that's something we can carry over. Uh, And then the offensive line, if, if they can, if they can keep putting that effort fo- forward, I think USC's defensive line is going to be in trouble. I think Duke's D-, D line could be in trouble, right? Like, if you could replicate this effort outside of Coogan being a little slow in the last poll, uh, I think it's all really good. Those are all some positives that I was able to extrapolate from a lot of ugly and bad.
3: Do you, you got any positives?
0: Look, I, I think that's a good summary. We have a really damn good football team, probably the best since we've been doing this.
3: Yeah, I got one. I got an optimism take.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's a pretty dark optimistic take, but I think maybe this limits the likelihood of a slip up to a Louisville or mm-hmm. a Wake Force, maybe just because we know we have a lot little, a lot li- less wiggle room. I don't know. I might be grasping at straws, but that's no, the only you- good I can. I- I'm sick <laughs> all over.
0: The playoff is still on the table no matter what some haters. And
3: and on that note, let me know (laughs) if you can't hear this, but to talk about the playoff a little bit, a pretty well-respected guy around our circle, at least CBS Sports, college football guy Bud Elliott, had the take that we are out of the playoff and we don't know it yet. Let me know if you can't hear this.
2: Notre Dame they might not know it, but Notre Dame is already out of the playoff, even if the Irish go undefeated the rest of the way. One, first, you have a major issue with the tiebreaker now losing at home to Ohio State. Notre Dame is going to be behind any one loss to Big Ten non-champion. Second, Notre Dame is going to have a lack of respect for some of the ACC teams it would have beaten if it does go undefeated the rest of the way. Then there's a matter of USC. If the Irish beat the Trojans, awesome. But so what if the Trojans go on to win the Pac-12? That's going to take away a spot from Notre Dame. Or if the Trojans pick up two more losses in conference, again, your best win is over a three-loss team, which is probably a pretty good team. Finally, it's not shaping up to be a year in the Big 12 that is likely to produce a two-loss conference champion. The likelihood that you get a zero or one-loss champ out of the Big 12, which Notre Dame certainly won't jump, is pretty hot. Whether
0: or not they know it, the Irish are already done. Wrong. oh well, This guy, I this think- guy just threw out 19 hypotheticals in a row. Saying one, we're behind USC. I disagree. We beat USC. They go on the win the AC or Pac 12. What whatever. The fact that we're behind a one-loss Big Ten non-champ. All right. If Ohio State beats them, they lose. Unless, like, it's unless it's like undefeated against undefeated, one versus two in the Big Ten title, which also is impossible, because then it's also a one-loss team that didn't make a conference championship game. You're splitting hairs because that champ is coming from the Big Ten East. Um, and then making assumptions like you know Florida State's going to run the table. Florida State hasn't looked great the last two games. They could lose a game or two. You know, Clemson. You know, didn't watch much of the game. They should beat them. Big 12, assuming anything from that conference ends up normal. We've seen great Oklahoma teams lose to a very mediocre Iowa State, Kansas State team. Texas last year, we thought they were good after they hung in there in Alabama. You know, to assume, like, has this guy watched college football for the last 10 years? <laughs> assuming that Texas is just going to run the table after starting hot for the first four weeks of the season is an insane take. Like to say that we're already eliminated, sure, that like if that exact scenario he has plays out. Maybe it's college football. There's a lot of really good teams in the Pac-12 that we could be left behind. But to say that we're eliminated when it is not even October is ridiculous. We're sitting there at number ten. You know, there's been college football playoff teams, champions that have been ranked outside the top fifteen at the first playoff ranking in November. Insane take.
1: My, my thing is, I I've, I actually find that Bud and the rest of the Cover Three podcasts usually stay away from the inflammatory takes. Right. Yeah. Like I think they typically leave that for sometimes Clatt, sometimes you know McCarron's is on his own podcast. He can have his own opinions, say whatever he wants. Like obviously what's his face um on Fox or on Fox Sports. Whatever, whoever whoever it is they just they they tend to stay. my point is they t- tend to stay away from the inflammatory stuff. I'm curious if this was someone of of Bud dipping his toe into it. Mm-hmm. Um I just i i see what he's saying, but I also hate that like he cherry he cherry picked the things that would fit this narrative, um, right? And and the three of us could go through and, and just like D did, right? We could cherry pick our own narrative to, to completely counteract that, right? Um, I know he's a Florida State guy. I I thought he tends to keep things pretty square and fair with the Irish. I thought this was pretty unfair.
3: Um, yeah,
1: I thought not. Was pretty angry uh, when I when I heard that from him, just because he's somebody that I listen to and I value their opinion on college football and uh, a lot of things. I, t- I tend to even if I don't agree with, I can I can see what he's saying. This was something that I just don't see. to disqualify a team on September twenty fourth, you know, or twenty fifth, whenever the podcast uh, was or when that clip was recorded. Not 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 a fan in that instance.
3: Yeah, I mean, his math all checks out, but yeah. he didn't leave room for college football to be college football. Like, as Dono said, does he not watch? Like, th- I think there's a lot more likelihood that 11-1, I think there's a lot more situations where an 11-1 Notre Dame team gets in or an 11-1 Notre Dame team doesn't get in. What uh, like, what, what if the math came as simply down to as, and we can
1: we, can, we can debate as to whether or not Ohio State does this, but what if Ohio State runs the table and they win the East yeah. and then they win the Big Ten? And they're sitting at twelve, at they're sitting at thirteen and zero, and Notre Dame sitting at eleven and one, with their only loss being to the Big e, the you know the Big Ten champ. To say you're eliminated in that scenario right now, here here on September twenty sixth, is insane. Now things could break a different way. Georgia, you know, Georgia stays undefeated, right? Texas stays undefeated. Yeah. Ohio there would be three undefeated teams, and then you'd have to. You know, if it's Oregon
3: who stays in undefeated, watch like that—that that happens, right? That's you not what need happens, but... you need Ohio State to be Michigan. Yep. The eleven and one Michigan team with the schedule they've played, or twelve and one, whatever they'll be, schedule they played, not no shot, no shot.
1: I just don't. We're not as dead in the water as as that made it seem.
0: I thought that. We Look, would we got awesome. we, we got a top fifteen game this week. Louisville will be ranked. Clemson, I think I think they showed honestly probably helped them. Like you know they'll get back. You know, I, I, did, I did I did have eyes on that
3: game. They blew it. They blew it. Clemson Lean shot them themselves win. in the They yeah. blew it. And shout out to my pops for being aware of this at the tailgate while we were watching it. But their kicker wasn't on the team until last Monday. They had the like a top recruit in the country who blamed his unit for when he missed a couple kicks as a couple got blocked. Dabo's trying to prove a point, calls in a guy who, like, had a job on Wall Street, came in and tried to kick a couple field goals, blew it for them, and then also in overtime they blew it as well. So another just F you to Clemson as a parting shot from me.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, like, we have to take care of business this week, and maybe this is something we could discuss next week. I think this team, like, I think this Duke team is good, and Florida State still gets Duke, right? And Florida State, I think they get. Do they get North Carolina too? I'm trying to figure out now. But they get Duke in a few weeks too, man. Like, I, you know, they've looked. To me, Florida State is infallible. Yeah, they got Duke. They got my. They got they got Miami, and they're at Florida.
3: We're also Notre Dame. We're also Notre Dame. If we're eleven and one, the the playoff is legit, just an ESPN product, and they're gonna see us sitting there put us in the, put us in the damn playoffs. So it, it's not it, worth our time to worry about it. it,
1: it it's, uh, you know, hundred percent. Right. And, and on that point, we averaged or we peaked to 22 and viewers this week on NBC, which mm-hmm. is on par with the NBA finals and the world series. And almost six times that of, of the NHL Stanley cup. Like if you don't tell me that ESPN would not, would not need a new pair of trousers. If they could get Ohio state Notre Dame a rematch, on New Year's Eve, you'd be out of your mind.
0: And look, any – so – and another way this differs from 2017, another year we picked up an early season loss, and by November we're back sitting in playoff position, is that any rational college football analyst who watched that game and is comparing us to Ohio State, says that team that's above Notre Dame – oh, Notre Dame, like, really should have been on. It wasn't like Georgia where it was shaky, we ran for, like, 20 yards, like – it wasn't clear that like that there was a better team out there. It's like, no, no, if we continue to take care of business, we will have to start shellacking teams and make the nation take notice. I think, because there might be a little Notre Dame fatigue from, you know, some of the bozos out there, not mentioning names like a guy on the cover three podcast. But if we start shellacking teams, taking those, it's going to come down to the guys in the locker room to put this one behind us. Can't let Ohio state beat us twice. Um, and if we start, you know, taking care of business, beating teams like we should, like we're five and a half point favorites against Duke, we're a lot more than five and a half points more talented than them. Now I know Elko's a really good coach; they have a really good quarterback. But you look at, you know, the line, the defensive line we just faced, the secondary, the receiving group. It's not the same level of test, in no. my opinion. If that, if this game was played, not. The week after Ohio State, I would feel a lot differently, but
1: yeah. This is another one where, like, I mean, not another one, but like, like I said about the time of possession thing, right? We dominated by ten by ten minutes. We control time of possession this game. Like I know we can, like, and, and knock on out. Hopefully, we will. Right? Like we have we have more talent than they do. They, mm-hmm. uh, listen, I was I was over the moon, honestly, that Duke beat Clemson week one. I thought it was so fun to watch. I like Mike Elko but like can clubs shot themselves in the foot. Right. Yeah. They fumbled inside inside in the red zone twice. Right. Like 28 seven is the final there. That game could be a lot, a lot different. So yes, I think you got to put some respect on this Duke team's name and their fun story. And after us, I hope they keep winning. Right. Like That'd be really cool for us. You know, we, we win this week and then Duke, you know, runs the table, the ACC, that'd be awesome. Uh, but
3: they are they we
1: are sorry. we are like we are better we have more skill and we're a better team than they are.
3: Yeah, not not much to add other than they are good enough to take advantage if you don't play your best. I'd be shocked yes. if we don't play our best.
1: I agree. I think we had enough senior leadership or older older guys on this team where it, you know what it takes to bounce back. Yep. Um on on Duke real quick on um more more so on the game this weekend. Freeman mentioned at his press conference regarding injuries that Colsey's having his knee scoped, which to me indicates a little bit of a longer stay uh, off the field for him. And Jaden Thomas has a hamstring and he's questionable. Um, don't really love either of their chances right now on Tuesday night to go. So expect, I would expect Braylon James is probably the next scholarship guy I expect him to take. <laughs> I would love it if they bought Jordan Vez the, the yeah, walk on. Yeah. I think he could be a nice spark plug, and I think you'll see him contributing on special teams sooner rather than later. Probably trying to try to save a red shirt for him, but uh, yeah, just something something of note. Like you're going to see a lot of great House awesome and Flores, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I think they can ball, but just they're not they're, freshmen
0: in anymore. Yeah, not yeah, after, not after they, last week. They 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 can't have freshman mistakes. Like they are the guys. It's Yeah, and, it,
3: there, well, there is different. It's a different though than, you know, being the third banana and like lining up with the nickel and, and getting open. Like it's, uh, and then other than being the guys on the outside and making it happen. So intrigued to that it'd be big if Jaden Thomas could go. It'd be really, I mean,
1: Jaden Thomas, uh, Jaden Thomas could be going would huge. It also means that look for a heavier reliance on stays as a receiver.
0: Right? Your backspats.
1: Two, a lot of two back which worked well for us last week, mm-hmm. right? It, it's a lot of it's a lot of beef coming out of the backfield with with some of the size of some of our guys is you know as effectively having two guys who can both be fullback and both be running back. Um, yep. But yeah, just worth worth noting that if if JT's out, Colsey's not, Colsey's probably not, almost definitely not going to go. Expect more stays. Expect a healthy dose of Mitchell Evans, and then um, I'd expect one of those either Braylon James or Jordan on to Durham.
0: Yep. All right. You know, like once again, you know, th- this will be a test. It's probably the best quarterback we faced all year, honestly. Um, but it, it, in a sense, you know, he's, he brings nothing really to the table. We haven't faced like, you know, he's just kind of solid all around can move the sticks with his legs a bit. Like I actually kind of, in a way reminds me of Daniel Jones and the way that he can you definitely know, and move the sticks. Um, but, you know, we faced plenty of rushing quarterbacks. He's not the best rusher of them, per se. He's definitely the best passer of the rushers. But, you know, with the way our defense played last week, like, you know, I think we can afford to bring a little more pressure. Like, I'm not terrified of their third receiver the way I was in mm-hmm. the Ohio State.
1: No. And it's interesting stat here. I was just taking a look. It's like, Riley Leonard – I think Riley Leonard's is really good, and I think – um, I think he's got a shot, like in the league. I think he, you know, he'd make a real solid backup, or maybe, you know, maybe he could evolve into like that old pro style quarterback that we've seen in the past. Uh, but this year, Duke has scored 17 touchdowns. Two of them have been throwing touchdowns. Fifteen of them have been on the ground. Now, Riley Leonard has four of them on the ground, but it's not, you know, it's not the typical college football offense. He's not necessarily that gun slinging, touchdown throwing quarterback. He's really, really solid. Like he's a solid B plus A minus type thrower, but he does not have, from a from a make plays downfield standpoint, I'd i you'd almost rather have McCord taking shots with his receivers than having a better passer, and Riley Leonard with with his receiving court. So just worth noting um, that only only two throwing TDs so far.
0: Anything else we want to touch on college football world before we get to picks? I know, you know, the other big games out there, Colorado story took a hit, obviously. I think that was hilarious. back back down there. You guys see the video Oregon put out today?
3: I did. I did see it. It was great. Yeah. Their production team did a fantastic job. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not, not fraud of the week. Oregon's, Oregon's production team. They did a great job. A plus.
3: I want – I I wish we were kind of churning out content like that. Our recaps are pretty good as well. I will say yeah. So I guess that's tough to do, but, like, pregame, I guess we probably did. Like, if we had an LSU type thing, there's no shot we lose that game, but
0: whatever. Yeah. I mean, elsewhere, Penn State looks real. Once again, you know, it's going to be a real tough game for our Buckeyes to win. (laughs) Um.
1: That's around the country now. I I said this to both – I said this to you guys – Earlier in the group text, it said that I actually don't have a huge problem rooting for Ohio State going forward. Like, I'll always root for Tommy Eichenberg because I've always I loved what Liam did at Notre Dame, and I thought Tommy's a great football player. Emeka uh, Puka is my favorite non Notre Dame football player in the country since last year, since we saw him play, since we played him in Columbus last year. Like, I think they're not going to be a terribly difficult team to root for. McCord, I thought McCord played pretty well. Like, he kept his cool. I didn't think he was like a moron celebrating or anything, but. <laughs> Root for Ryan Day is going to be is going to be tough. I just I don't understand how he can come out and say we were tough when they got bullied the full the last second half. You got dominated in time possession and you play called like a bitch on fourth down. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll swallow my pride and I hope the Buckeyes win out. But I'm not rooting for Ryan Day. I'm rooting for that football team.
0: Preach, preach, preach. Yeah. Elsewhere, Alabama seems to be fine. Mm-hmm. Nick then, we'll then turns out to be a pretty good coach i think
1: i i think they're still gettable just not by old yeah days. for sure they're still they're still totally gettable but I'm, i was i think like a, i expect them to get back on track they still didn't look great but um yeah they're they're definitely you know this is another team who you know can end up 11 of one
3: yeah would be the, the
1: craziest thing slightest. of all time
3: Right. 11 and 1, Notre Dame gets in and over 11 and 1, Bama.
0: Yeah.
1: If Ohio State runs the table.
0: And USC runs the table, except for us.
3: Sorry,
1: hypotheticals you here. I'd like to agree with you
0: outright.
1: I'd like to agree with you outright. It's not me, it's them. It, it's the media. It's, yep. it's larger media. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Uh, all right. I know we've been going for a while here. Do you guys just want to move to week five picks? We actually did pretty well last yep. week. Across Crossed the, the board. Dan yeah. Dan- Danny did not. Uh, we don't have a guest this week, so we, they're not going to be included in the graphic. But uh, everybody, everybody was, uh, everybody except for Danny, <laughs> who is, uh, th- or the three of us were each three, two, and one. And we all won our locks, which was cool. Uh, thanks to Danny. Yeah. For, thanks to, to Felton for sinking the parlay. But um, so D, you're up to 10, 7, and one. Ian, you're up to 11, 6, and one. And I'm slowly chipping away back to five. Back towards 500, 7, 10, and 1. Um, uh, We'll use this to kind of go around the the country as well. The only game we're not picking that I want to flag too is Clemson travels up to upstate New York to the Carrier Dome with the JMA Wireless Dome. He's playing undefeated Syracuse team. Clemson's favored by seven. I think Gary Trader's been playing good football. Could be an interesting one to keep an eye on. I think it's new, so worth worth calling it out. Um, Our game... Notre Dame at Duke is it still five and a half. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll check. Let me double Draft check Kings. now. But uh, Draft
0: Kings has that five and a half. Yeah,
1: five and a half over under 52. We'll be eight. We're mentioned, you yeah, know, forgot to mention we have game day again this week. <laughs> we we may yeah. end up game day three times, but uh, we've game day again this week, uh, from Durham. Um, uh, so uh, 7 30 kick on ABC, uh, 7 30 Eastern. What do you guys got?
0: I I got a bounce back game. I think we start slow. I think they score first. I think Hartman has his first interception of the year, but ultimately I think we start overwhelming them. I think we went 28-14. We don't score a ton of points because of the mistakes, slow start. Um, But eventually, you know, like I I think this team, like you talk about the identity that Marcus Freeman has built, and I think that – like we the players believe they can win. And, you know, if Marcus, you know, hopefully – He's saying the right things. I don't personally don't know what I would say, what I would do in that situation. Thankfully, I don't have to, but I'm still a Marcus Freeman believer. I think this team is going to be pissed off, motivated. And we went 28 14 cover.
3: Yeah. Um, having the receivers out is tough. I think it's a little bit of a slug fest, but similar to what Donna was saying, like over the course of 48 minutes, we'll wear them down. Um, I think it's probably pretty close at halftime maybe within a score going into the fourth and then we blow it open. I actually think we win by 17. I'm going to go 34-17. I'm
1: going 31-17, Irish. Um, I think the, the run – I think Hartman – it'll be a little bit less about Hartman this week. I think you kind of lean on that run game again. I wouldn't be shocked if Notre Dame scores like one touchdown per quarter and makes it a field goal. Also, just for the sake of that, we don't have anybody else. would really like to see Spencer Schrader get back on track this week. Um, yeah. Okay. Unless, you know, unless Marcus is going to go to soccer practice this week. It's Schrader or nobody. Um, so let's get his confidence back, get him get him on the score sheet. So thirty-one seventeen Irish from Durham. Good bounce back game. I think Alco's gonna breaking bring it though, so we, we better show up. Um all right, next one is this one this one could be fun too. Um Friday night at nine PM Eastern on FS one, Utah travels to Oregon State. Oregon, it's a Corvallis. Oregon State is a three and a half point home favorite. Who you guys
0: got? Oregon State's been pretty. I don't know. Like this is another one where these Pac-12 after dark games have kind of eluded eluded me. <laughs> um, to put it in that in that sense, but you know, with uh, like outside of the Florida game, Utah hasn't done a ton to really press me. I'll take Oregon State at home. The, the hook here really hurts. Yeah, Like those two and a half, I'd feel a lot better about this pick. But I'll go with the beeves and our boy DJ.
3: This is yeah. going to be a slog. This is going to be yeah. a real slog. Um, yeah, take- Utah is t- so hard to handicap this year. like Because it, it's always if Cameron is going to play or not. Play. Yeah. Um. So this is a bet on whether he does or does not play. This is gonna be a I know we just talked about it, but we do kind of need some teams to start losing. Utah's probably a team we would like to see you lose a couple times before Cam Rising's back and takes out the rest of the Pac-12, but so um, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the beeves More so because I hope it happens. I hate to go against the Utes, but we need it now. So <laughs> Beavs at home.
1: Um I'm gonna go with the Utes. I have didn't look watch recap of their game with UCLA the other day. And I mean, I know it was at Bryce Eckles, and it's different for them to go on the road, but they dominated UCLA. Uh, like their defense looked unbelievable. Um, so if there's even a chance that Cam Rising comes back and can play in this game, um, we're not sure about that at this point, but if there's a chance. Um, I think that that defense is good enough, and the defense tends to travel that uh, Utah will at least keep it within, um, with within the field goal, um, I think it'll be like you guys said. I think it'll be a slugfest, it's a good old fashioned rock fight happening in Corvallis on on Friday night. Um, so if anybody's not going out, could be could be fun to watch. Um, the next one we'll pick. This Yeah, you know you got? Uh,
3: I think um, I think Cam Rising dressed last week. Didn't play, but he dressed. That's
1: a yes. step in the right direction. Yeah. Um. That's yeah. I just. Yeah, I'll have to do a little reading on his on that, but I, I'm gonna. It looks like he split reps yesterday in practice, so we'll see. I hope he plays; that would be helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida and Kentucky. Florida goes to uh, to Lexington. It's a noon kick. Uh, UK is a one point home favorite. Uh, who do you guys have here?
0: I think this Florida um, team's just a little too wonky for me. I'll take the cats. I don't have a ton of intuition on this one. I know they've been tough to beat at home over the most over the recent years. I'll put my money on Mark Stoops here. I think he's a better coach. That's fair. Billy,
3: these are uh, these are Vibolitics here. But did you guys see Mark Stoops gas up the Kentucky home crowd? Did he? It's like an eleven a.m. kick, and they're like, they asked him, "Do you think that'll affect like the crowd noise?" And he's like, "Why are you doubting how many beers this great state (laughs) can drink before eleven a.m.?" So. I'm going to go with that vibe as well. Come on, Cats.
1: Um, I I actually had Florida here, uh, but I'm going to flip after listening to you guys' vibes. Yes, uh, our hard analytics. No, fair, fair, I, I think fair. you offered me enough with, like, I just think Stoops is the better coach. This line has also steamed down, so when I created the graphic earlier, it was a two and a half. It's now down to one. Um, but I think that UK has the better coach. I don't know how much we know about Devin Leary being the better quarterback, but if you put a gun to my head, I'll take Devin Leary over Graham Mertz, mostly, because uh, I won't take Graham Mertz. And I like the running backs that UK has. Um, so I, I, you guys have flipped me here. Um, Stoops over Napier, uh, Leary over Mertz, and I'll take the home crowd in Lexington. Uh, this one, what are the only other ranked-versus-ranked ranked matchups this weekend besides our game? Uh, this one is, I think, 3:30. Uh, Kansas at Tex Yeah, 3:30 on ABC. So it'll be the game that precedes our game. Kansas at Texas. Texas is a 16 and a half point favorite. Um, who you guys got here?
0: Rock Chalk outright. <laughs> <laughs> are they on the Yes, they are. Oh,
1: yeah. They are. And they dismantled Illinois
0: uh, for the last two yeah. weeks ago. Now I, 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 I was reading the tweet. I forget who it was from saying that you know they actually do have like they got a bunch of transfers on the D line. Obviously, Texas has some maulers up front as we saw against Bama, but you know Kansas has come into D K R Memorial and won before. Wouldn't nah. be surprised to see him do it again.
1: This might be a first-time logo for us, Dia. It's not in the in the logo stock. So, you
3: know, <laughs> Ian, who you got? I am going to see a week from Saturday, Texas versus Oklahoma in Cotton Bowl. Selfishly, would love both teams to be undefeated, so I do not want Rock Chalk to win outright. But this is the type of game that Texas last couple of years plays down for um, seventeen. Until I see it, I don't know if I, I don't know if I've seen enough to trust them a seventeen point favorite. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with D again.
0: And we locked with, up.
3: Go with the Jayhawks. I know. Let me go you first guys, next time. So let me. What it looks like a it?
1: You guys are all locked up. I don't know if I'd want to pick the next game first, but um, for for me, I'll take I'll take Texas. Um, I actually really like Kansas a lot. Um, I think this game being a DKR means something. If uh, Kansas, they have the preseason player, uh, big Big Twelve player of the year, and their quarterback is Jaden, Jalen Daniels. Jalen, because I because Jaden Daniels' but Jalen Daniels um, is good, and, and they always bring the juice. I think Lance Leipold's a great coach. Um, I'm excited to see where he is after Kansas. I hope he stays for a little bit, um, and he should be selective about where he goes too. Um, but uh, I think that Texas is. Is, is really really good. I think they're extremely physical up front. Um, and th- again, this being DKR with a with a 2:30 local kick, uh, I think this place will have some juice some juice rolling for uh, for the Big Ten for the Big 12 game. And Ian, I know you mentioned like they play they tend to play down, or maybe maybe you mentioned they tend to play down. They blew Baylor out of the water last week. Mm-hmm. Like they they put a hurting on Baylor. So that was I'm kind of hoping that that means they've shaken off this whole play down to opponent thing. Um, all right, last one here. LSU at Ole Miss. This game's a 6 p.m. start on ESPN. Uh, Old Miss is two and a half point home dogs. Uh, LSU's favored by two and a half. Who you guys got
3: here? Let me go first, D. Yep. So you can copy me. I'm, God, this is a tough one. Um, I hate, I, I hate this game. If, if there's anybody that can expose LSU's corners, it's Lane Kiffin. Um, and Jackson Dart, but I don't know if they're he's gonna have enough time. That LSU D line is pretty mean. I kind of think they're on the right track. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with them to keep it rolling. I'm gonna go with LSU.
0: Um, I wanna do it. I think uh the grove will be rocking though. I'll get on the lane train. I think it like, like you said, he has a good game plan. Jackson Dart, those receivers. Quid Sean Judkins. You know, they commit to the pass too much, open up some lanes for him. This is going to be a weird game. Something weird is going to happen. But I'll take the Rebels.
1: All right. Uh, I'm on the Tigers. I just think while none of the quarterbacks are good, I think Jaden Daniels might be a a little bit better here. Um, I think it's just going to be more of an LSU defense. More so than anything else, though, I think um, would like to see Harold Perkins be used the way he's supposed to be this game. Maybe maybe it'll finally click for those guys. But uh, I don't know, man. This this one stinks bad. <laughs> two, and a half, two and a half is a tough number. Oxford's a tough place to play. But when I gut checked this morning, I just said LSU, um, and I don't
2: really know why. So it'll, what, it'll be LSU up? for me.
0: What's up with all Miss always playing in these weird, like non-normal game slots? They did it against it's a great question. Right. Didn't they? Or like, I feel like they always have these weird, like six o'clock or like five thirty yeah. kicks. It's always all Miss somehow. It's not like other SEC teams.
2: Yeah,
1: um, different. All right. Anybody got a lock? I have. I have mine. Uh, but if anybody else has a lock,
0: lead us off. All right.
1: All right. Uh, um, I'm going to Provo on Friday night. Oh. This? Oh, I
0: sure. might be on the <laughs> <Sorry>. other side. <laughs> oh, really? We'll see.
1: I I think is that game? That game's Friday night, right? D
0: Ten fifteen, Classic, classic yeah. when you think of the Big 12, you think of this.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go to Provo <laughs> and I'm going to take... Uh, oh, wow. I'm going to take BYU as a home dog, a two-point two home dog here. Um, I think they probably win the game outright against Cincinnati. Are they
3: two-point home dogs?
1: It's what That's what I'm looking at right now on ESPN. Yeah, that line
2: moved.
1: That line moved dramatically. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to take two because I've been going off ESPN all season. But yeah. actually, I I want to say that BYU is favored. This might hit, this might blow back in my face if there's something wrong with the quarterback, but um, I'll take BYU. Uh, I just again this goes back to the same thing why why I picked them against Arkansas a few weeks ago. I just think they're they're really physical on, on the lines of scrimmage, and I think Provo is a really tough place to play uh, in these night games. Um, almost weirdly more t- more difficult to play on like Thursdays and Fridays than maybe on Saturdays. It's a funky travel schedule. Um Cincinnati going two time zones over. Um I'll, I'll take I'll take BYU.
0: Yeah, I gotta find another one now. So you go. okay. Were you were you okay. gonna be on BYU D? Yes.
1: Okay, I'm sorry.
3: Yeah,
0: it's I've
1: okay.
3: been looking. Um I can suggest one to you D that I was also eyeballing. Uh um, I, I but, think I got mine. Dude, I legit was gonna pick my two favorite, my least two. Least favorite teams. Um, I think Michigan is winless against the spread. And they are. I think it's tough to do that. I think now is the week that they break it. Nebraska is a sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry program. program. And at a certain point, Jim Harbaugh has got to rev up these engines. Uh, and I think now is the week he picks to do it. I'm taking Michigan on the road to cover 17 and a half. Do you see Lock the totals? 38,
1: 38 and a half.
3: So Wait, what's Ian, the implied like yeah, the go ahead.
1: Ian you said you have 17 and a half. I have 17
3: for you. Oh, I'll take that all day. Um okay. I think that means getting to twenty-eight for Michigan. No, twenty honestly twenty-four might cover it for you. So uh, I think they do that pretty easily.
1: I can't believe you're doing it, but it's probably a good idea.
3: Also looked to see if USC could just double down on Dion. <laughs> that was i thought about that one as well
0: yeah let me check oh that would be a fun one i i mm-hmm. almost want to do it uh i was looking at that usc colorado game the problem is that's the 10 a.m pick I, I i think they both start a little slow over under sure. on that one 73 and a half for those interested um for my pick i want to give a shout out to our guy bones Great tailgate. I thought about this
1: one, too. It, he threw a hell
0: of a tailgate. Yep, this weekend with the Skyline Chilios and Peckwell. First time I had it in, like, five months, it hit the spot. We were rolling. What's that I was going to be a, my tummy. And, uh, you know, just to honor him, once again, I think any team that loses to Colorado at home is probably not very good. Um, so I'm going to take the Mountaineers – I believe it's on the road
2: it is
1: they're they're 12 point road dogs the
0: actually
1: this one was tasty i thought about it as well
0: yeah 12 point road dogs think tcu is you know fading back they're having a michigan state post their playoff appearance type run here fading back reversion to the mean um i'll I'll take the mountaineers this is a mountaineers podcast this is the nearest
1: podcast. We are a Bones Mike Felton podcast as well. Uh, shout out to Bones for throwing a hell of a tailgate this week. You crushed it, um, Ian. Ian and Dee, the only one I, the, the one I say was just for the sake of us really needing it. I almost took Clemson minus seven. Like we <laughs> kind of need them to go up into the dome, and, and we need we them. need
3: something from them. Um, yeah, you know it could be disgusting again. Is taking Iowa. I think they're 13 and a half point favorites at home against Michigan State. Yeah. That could be gross,
2: but one <laughs> that, came,
3: that our, our listeners might look at. The game could finish seven three though. And
2: and Iowa
1: could dominate the game.
3: Yep. <laughs> so I'm I'm exhausted, fellas. I'm exhausted. Oh. I'm proud of us for getting through this.
0: This is yeah. a tough one. I hope but we I never have to do something like this feel- again. I feel better now than I did an hour and a half ago. We
3: needed we needed to get this out, fellas. We did. Yeah. We need to get this off our chest. It was an incredible weekend until, mm-hmm. what is it, 11, 14 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday.
2: It's criminal.
3: It's criminal. We're not going to get a game like that next year. Mm-hmm. For a while, that was, yeah, I don't even want to be depressing, but I have another thought. But go ahead. Whatever.
0: Yeah. That's all I got. All right guys. I think that's a pod.
2: Proud of us oh, next nice. week.